0: Welcome, my name is Pastor Dominic Grimaldi, and you are listening to Street Talk Theology, where we keep theology real and bring it to the streets. I am currently the teaching elder and pastor here at Desert Sky Baptist Church. Our church government is elder-led, and you can look at our website to read our extensive statement of faith at desertskybaptist.org. You can also listen to all our sermons on sermon audio. I am here to interact not only with the church that I serve, but also with the community where I live. I believe that theology is important. In fact, theology actually means what? The study of God and his relationship to the world. It's interesting today as I'm taping this show, it's election day and a lot of buzz here in Casa Grande. There's a lot of buzz. I mean, it's election day. Obviously, you would, you know, realize that and we would know that would be. But remember this. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. We always want to be reminded what a good God that we serve. Now, let me talk a little bit about Italians, if I may, because I am Italian. Now, Italians, Italians hold grudges. And they hold these grudges over things that really do not amount to anything, especially worth holding a grudge against. I know two sisters that were so close, but over something so small, they don't talk now for years. Forgiveness, not an option. You know, in prison, and I could relate to prison, if someone had obtained some extra food and had forgotten to give one of his friends, say, a sandwich, They could become enemies. Just think over a prison sandwich. And I've seen it happen many a times. Now, the Apostle Peter's an interesting guy, to say the least. Remember when he asked the Lord, Lord, how many times must I forgive my brother? Seven times? The Lord said, Peter, no, not seven times. Seventy times seventy, meaning infinite forgiveness. Infinite forgiveness. You know, I wonder why Peter asked that question. Could it be that he had kind of a beef with somebody or was waiting for the seventh violation to cut him off? You know, we're going to get back to Peter in a few minutes, but anytime I look at the apostles and I look at the men in the Bible that struggle with a lot of stuff, I look at me first. And, and we have to forgive people because we have to realize how much we've been forgiven. I want to talk about forgiveness a little bit in this, just bringing the lesson forward. I want to talk about that. What about James and John? Remember when they were passing through Samaria to make provisions for the Lord's journey into Jerusalem? The Samaritans had refused to host Jesus, and James and John, better known as the Sons of Thunder, asked the Lord, should we send fire and brimstone on them just like Elijah did? Jesus rebuked them, saying, basically, I came to save lives, not to destroy them. You would hate to have these dudes on a jury trial. You'd be guilty before they heard the evidence. But you know something? We're the same way again. How many times do we want to send fire and brimstone on someone who has harmed us or did wrong to us. We can be rascals, me first. What about the parable that the one guy, remember this dude that that was forgiven for this huge amount of money and then he wouldn't forgive the person who owed him a day's wage? You know, on the other hand, we think about the parable of the prodigal son where forgiveness and restoration was found by the awaiting father but not by the elder brother. Now, I know this is a parable, but there's a lot here. I think about the elder brother's personality in a sense that if the father had died, what chance would the prodigal have if he fell into his older brother's hands? Not a chance, no chance for forgiveness, no chance for restoration. But on the other hand, on the other hand, Jesus found compassion with sinners from all walks of life. Think about Nicodemus, set in his ways, outward works. He found forgiveness with Nicodemus, who'd be restored later. What about the woman at the well? Despite all her infidelity, there was forgiveness. There was restoration. God, Jesus is a God who forgives. He's also a just God, though. He's a God who forgives. He's a God of restoration, but he's also a just God. And think about the son of perdition, Judas who is doomed to hell. And we're going to try to tie these all up together. But I want to get back to Peter and to our main topic. And that is the doctrine of restoration, being restored to God in Christ. And remember, this is street talk theology. And we want to bring this doctrine of restoration right into our backyard, right into our living room, so to speak. It is the doctrine that brings us in relationship to God in Christ. Now, let's think about restoration. Let's think about restoration for a second. If you restore your home or your car, you don't get a new car or a new home, but one that's been restored. They're changed. The Bible depicts that Christ does not make all new things, but he makes all things new. So let us discuss Peter's Restoration. Let me start in the 26th division of the Gospel of Matthew, where the Lord's Supper was instituted, right? Then after that, they'd go to the Garden of Gethsemane, and then there would be Jesus' betrayal and his arrest, and he would go before Caiaphas and eventually be sentenced to death. But there's an interesting colloquy, an interesting discussion that goes on with Jesus And the apostles, after the Lord's Supper was instituted, the Bible says they sang a hymn and went out to the Mount of Olives. And this discussion ensued. Then Jesus said to them, you will all fall away because of me this night, for it is written, I will strike down the shepherd and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered. But after I've been raised, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. Now keep Galilee in your watch pocket. We are going to follow this road to Galilee, right? And then Peter said to him, getting back to the text, even though all may fall away because of you, all may fall away because of you, I will never fall away. Jesus said to him, truly, I say to you that this very night before a rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. All of the disciples said the same thing, too. Now, there's a bold statement that Peter and the disciples make. They literally say they will not stumble. They will not fall away. But it makes me wonder that all the time Jesus was with them, all the all the uh, prophecies about people, places, and things that had come true right in front of their eyes, and obviously ones that would come true in the future. But, but did they think this was some type of guessing game? Some type of challenging of who's right and who's wrong? The Lord specifically tells Peter when his denial would take place and what events would follow. There'd be a rooster crow after he denied Christ. And we know that Peter, adamantly and Lee de- de- denied Christ three times. And after that, the Bible depicts that he wept bitterly, right? But, but I want to make a comment about this. Remember, we want to follow the road to Galilee. That's our plight. When This is an important uh, method, me- methodology I want to use here. But I want to make a comment on that before we move forward. Thank God the story does not stop at Peter's denials. Sometimes me first, we don't think about that enough. That what God has done with Peter, despite Peter's betrayal, he did not leave Peter in his infidelity. Now you got to hear this. I got to hear this. Before we were Christians, we were haters of God. We were denying Christ, even though we didn't go around saying we hate God or denying God, and we didn't even think about God. So never mind denying or hating God. But really, we were. But think about this. If you are a Christian today, he does not leave you in your infidelity, which you really deserve, right? And that's because he is a God who restores despite our denials of him if we repent and believe the gospel, but he's a restorative God. And that's important. But let's talk about repentance. Uh, Repentance is what? Agreeing with God that we're sinners and we're in need of a Savior, knowing by grace that Christ is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins by his Spirit. Now, we want to follow this road to Galilee. That's our play, because there's going to be something (laughs) <laughs> it, uh, in Galilee, that's going to happen at the end of this lesson that we need to take hold of. Now, in following that road to Galilee, we want to go to the empty tomb for a second. And here we have, at the empty tomb, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, going to the, to the tomb to anoint the body of Christ. Now, I think about this they, any time I think I read this, I think about they were going there to anoint a dead Christ. They were going to anoint someone that they believed was dead, or they wouldn't have brought the spices. So, and that's an interesting play in itself, and a story for another day. But a, a deep message there. But but when they get there, they encounter a man, or as we know later from other accounts, an angel, and and then the angel tells them something really interesting in verse 60, Mark 16 and seven, the angel says, but go tell his disciples and Peter, he Christ is going ahead of you to Galilee. You're following the road. There you will see him just as he told you. I want you to notice the doctrine of restoration in all its glory. Notice what the angel says to the woman at the empty tomb, go and tell the disciples, and Peter, to meet him in Galilee. Now, I can just see Peter saying, did he really mention my name? He really wants me? He wants me to meet him also? Yes, because he's a God of restoration. We must realize that being Part of being restored in Christ is turning away from sin and advancing towards the gospel by his grace. This is the same for all of us. But just think about Peter. I want to think about Peter for a second. Think about the things that was going in his head, wallowing in this denial that he denied Christ three times. And hear the woman come and say, hey, we, we encountered an angel unaware, and, and he told us the Christ Our Savior is going to meet us in Galilee. He has risen. He has risen indeed. And Peter says, man, did he really mention my name? And I know that Peter must have been dwelling on his denial of Christ and even somewhat perplexed. But we have to understand that Mark's gospel, as most scholars depict, is basically Peter's account of what happened, Mark being the recorder of that gospel. And of course, Peter's going to put in there what Peter said, because how could he not forget that? How could you not forget what God has done for you in Christ? How could I not forget? But we want to follow the road of Galilee and we want to follow Peter. Peter, this is an interesting, interesting play. Don't you love Street Talk Theology? Because we bring it right to the streets, right to where we need it to be in our own lives. Now, let's go to the 21st Division of John, the gospel of John, as we follow this road, this is after the resurrection. And obviously they're in the sea of Tiberias in the sea of Galilee, and they have breakfast with Jesus. Right. And then there's this interesting, here comes this interesting discussion. Remember the discussion, the first discussion they had, right? After the institution of the Lord's supper. Now here's another discussion, another discussion. It's going to lead us home into into this lesson. So when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, shepherd my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. What's interesting here, please don't miss this, is that this is true restoration. This is true restoration. Brothers and sisters, And people who may just be tuning into this radio station right now, this is true restoration, right? The three denials of Christ by Peter are now three affirmations to serve him and preach the gospel. Tend my lambs, shepherd my sheep, and tend my sheep. He is truly a God of restoration. Don't you see this? I mean, he didn't leave Peter where he was at. He didn't leave him there. He met him where he was at and restored him here in this. And we see this wonderful picture of grace here. But here's the challenge. Here's the challenge for all of us. Me first. Do we want to sin that grace may abound? Yes, we see a beautiful picture of the gospel here. But on the other hand, remember, I'm trying to tie these together. What about Judas? You see, there's a penalty for unconfessed sin. And that is not a place we want to be. Jesus is a good God, but he's a just God. Let us all be mindful of that. Here, this is true restoration. Peter, an example of the grace of God, but Judas was an example of God's wrath. We cannot or I will not preach one without the other because we see them both in the gospel. This is not easy stuff. I always instruct. I always instruct. The congregation here at Desert Sky, that we don't know who God's people are, meaning we must preach the gospel to everybody. Hey, listen, man, there's a lot at stake. That's why I I like to bring this to the streets. That's why this is street talk theology, because there's so much at stake. And God is, you know, it's not high and lofty. I mean, he takes people out of the gutter. He takes people out of prison. Because he 's a restorative God, he's a God that we need to know and understand. He's a good God, he's a just God. we know that we discuss that. but notice the road to Galilee. we all have to travel that road. We're all going to have to travel that road one way or the other, and that's why I, I bring this lesson, and that's why I, I always again, I'll repeat it again. Italians repeat themselves. I always instruct and and beg our congregation to give the gospel to everyone. We don't know who God's people are. We are not privy to the secret counsels of the living God. But we are privy in knowing that he is a God that restores. And the Bible says, and not only does he restore, he Brings people from death to life. Death to life. You know, we, I, again, I, I, we don't think enough about this. We don't think enough about the things God has done in our life, The things that God has done in other people's lives. I mentioned this the other day in a sermon, we have a, uh, a young woman in our congregation named Ashley, and I, I walked in the church, and, and, and the other day I walked in, and obviously with the live streaming and a lot of stuff going on with COVID, obviously we still have people in the church, but we've got to be social distance and make sure that we're being safe. And and, and I remember I walked in, and, and, and Ashley's newly converted by God's grace, and she came up to me and she says, Pastor, she said, can't we have church every day? I mean, and and you think about this. You think about a God that restored Miss Ashley, and and she's got quite a testimony, and and I'm not here to to uh, uh, lay privy to that now, but believe me, she's got quite a, quite a testimony, restored in Christ, and says, "Can we have church every day?" As I mentioned, today is election day, and of course, there's a lot of talk of who will win the presidency, but no matter what, no matter who wins, God is still in control. He is sovereign. And here's the deal. His sovereignty does not only last four years or eight years. He's a God that is eternal and will sit on the throne forever because again, he's an eternal God who was, who is, and is to come. As I wind up this last uh, about five minutes or so We live in a world that seems to be teetering out of control, teetering out of control, but nothing is out of God's horizon. Again, he is not surprised by anything, whether it was Peter's denials or who's going to win the presidency. For that, we take solace. But what's important here is that I want, People to hear this, all of us need to travel that road to Galilee. You know, when I got out of prison after so many years, I was nervous. Where would I get a job? Will the church that I go to really embrace me? Could I really go to seminary? And the question was, yes, because I was restored in Christ. This is true street talk theology because we bring it to the streets. We bring it to the streets. And we're not like an old car or a piece of furniture, right? But we are restored by a good God who took our heart of stone and made it a heart of flesh. And if he can do it for me, he can do it for you. We need to think about these things. We need to think about these things rightly. There's so much at stake. And we mentioned, you know, the world looks like it's teetering out of control. And, and, and by all intents and purposes, in the world's eyes, it is. And, but, but in God's eyes, he's, everything is moving towards the second coming of Christ. Everything. Everything's moving towards the second coming of Christ. And the Bible depicts that he does all things well. He does all things well. And we can take that to the bank. We can take it to the bank. I I think about all that God has done in my life. I I do not deserve being on this radio and, 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 and teaching and preaching to you, but God has restored me. He's taken a heart of stone and made it a heart of flesh. But he also restored Peter. He also restored Peter. And he can restore you. And that's why I wanted to follow this road to Galilee, because I all want us to walk that road to Galilee and be restored in Christ. You know, I, I can think about God's providence in my own life and the things that I did and even the time in prison to think about so many years away from God, so many years away from God you know, the Bible talks about these lofty terms like predestination and things like that. And I kind of break it down into, you know, cause I'm, you know, New York guy and, and this and that, but you know, what predestination means to me that God was thinking about you a lot before you were thinking about him. And that's the God that we serve. That's the God that we serve. He's a good God. He's a good God. I want you to hear that. And he's a God that, loves you in Christ if you repent and believe the gospel. As we see Peter, we got to look at Peter, praise God, but then we got to look at Judas. And remember, the Bible says he does all things well. I want to continue to say that. And this has been Street Talk Theology. We don't hold no punches. Now, I want to say this in closing out. Next week, we will have Dawn Thomas as a guest. She's a biblical counselor who wrote a book called When God Calls. It's a poignant story about her 19-year-old son who had drowned. The book speaks of the theology of death, eternal life, and the sovereignty of God and a mother's love, which all interact in this compelling read. I will look forward to having Dawn with us next week on Street Talk Theology. And this is Pastor Dominic Grimaldi, and we keep it real, and we take theology and bring it to the streets. Until the next time, grace and peace in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, amen and amen. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. You can visit Pastor Dom at Desert Sky Baptist Church at eight nine one West Corson Road, Casa Grande. And for more information, visit us online at www.desertskybaptist.org.